Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. Thank you for listening to one of our great messages. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. to uh, share the Word of God tonight, and um, the theme of the month is, and the greatest of these is love, and so far we've had some really cool, like some great messages, and, and I loved um, Luke Boyd's message last, last Sunday, had a great message about, you know, love and that alien from the planet, no love, and all that, it was great, he explained it so well that, you know, uh, you can't explain love, but you know it's there, and it's similar to Jesus, it's similar to God, you can't, ex- but you know he's there. And he ended up saying that God is love, right. which is amazing, which is fantastic. God is love. That's a beautiful thing. And um, I've been thinking about what to talk about, because there's so many things that we could talk about uh, with the love of God, I don't know why I've got that. So many things that we could talk about with the love of God. I was a little bit stumped at what to do. I was a little bit stumped at, oh, I had all these different ideas going through my head and I was wondering what I was talking about. And uh, I come across this scripture here. It's just this little one line and it kind of set me on what we're going to talk about tonight. And it's in 1 John 4.18. I'm reading from the New King James. And it says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And other translations say perfect love casts out fear all fear. Now, I love that. So I started to ask my question, what is perfect love that it casts out all fear? What is perfect love? And um, I don't think I'm going to be talking for long, but we'll see how that goes. So if you want to turn to your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Now, I've got to do a lot of reading here, and sometimes I stutter when I read, so just be gracious and patient, and that'll be good. And uh, this is the story about the parable of, of the lost son, okay? I love this little story. It, 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 it has a close sort of thing in my heart, this story. But let me start reading as you turn in there, because I'm sure you'll get there uh, sometime soon. It says, Then he said, this is Jesus, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered together gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he, began to, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Who knows that swine are unclean animals in this culture? Right. And he would gladly have filled into his stomach filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants, hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. 
and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his oldest son was in the field and as he came and he drew near to the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry, the older brother, and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered this to his father. He said this, lo, these many years I've been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you've never given me a young goat that I, make, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed a fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Thank you for bearing with me through all that. Now, as I was talking, when I was thinking about what is perfect love, I decided to go through this story here because what we're going to do tonight is we're going to explore three different avenues or three different thought patterns or three different mindsets of love. Are you with me? And the first mindset is that of the young son. So what what he does, the young son goes away, like I'm just going to recap a bit. He goes away, he gets the inheritance that, that, you know, that that should have been kept for a little bit later. He goes away, gets the inheritance, gets his money, and he starts partying up. He starts doing all the things that, you know, young people want to do. He starts partying up, he starts getting with things that he shouldn't do, he started drinking things he shouldn't drink, started... I don't know what he was doing, but he was doing all this crazy stuff, right? He goes away and he does this thing. And I love what it says here. And it says, um, But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land. He began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods which the swine ate. Now, just for a little bit of a side issue here, I just want to talk to young people for a little bit. I want to talk to young SG peeps, leaders, and young people as well. I want to say this. Watch who you attach yourself to. Watch who you join yourself to. Because as soon as you start messing with the food of the unclean, sooner or later you'll get an appetite for it. I'll say that again. As soon as you start messing with the food of the unclean, like this guy was, feeding the swine, eventually you're going to get an appetite for it. So this young man's out there and he's doing all these things and he's blah, 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 doing all these, you know, doing all these bad things. And he so finally comes to his senses. I'm on the wrong page. Beep. Finally comes to his senses. And he's, he, he goes, oh, man, I should be with my dad because my dad's got these servants. And he says, oh, man, but, but I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of going back to my dad. And unfortunately, this little, this little line here actually indicates or simulates a lot of people's uh, views of love. See, unfortunately, what I've seen in my limited years in church is that we have a lot of people, we have a lot of people who unfortunately go out and they do things that probably shouldn't, they shouldn't have done. They go out and they do things that they probably shouldn't have touched. They drink things that they shouldn't have drunk. They drop things that they shouldn't have dropped. And, and, and all of a sudden, they start to feel guilty. Right. All of a sudden, fear fills them. Right. All of a sudden, they get filled with embarrassment. Are you with me? And I don't know about you guys, but I've done a few things that I'm like, oh, you know that, you know, oh, you know that little, th- oh, God. No, just me? Okay. <laughs> All good. 
You know, and so fear starts to fill this guy, and he starts to get embarrassed. Oh, man, what have I done? Like, I shouldn't have done that thing. What am I doing? I'm like, oh, my goodness. He starts to get filled with shame. And he starts walking around with shame. He starts to get filled with guilt. And you know what? Imperfect love will fill you with fear. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll validate that in a little bit. Perfect love casts out all fear. Imperfect love, or not mindset of it, will actually fill you with fear. And you see, so what happens is as the son realizes, man, I've, I've stuffed up, I've, I've gone out there and done things that I shouldn't have done, and, 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 and things start to happen. He starts getting filled with fear, with guilt, with embarrassment, with shame, and his posture changes. No longer this bright, you know, you see, you remember you see those bright guys in church? Oh, man, he's going to be awesome. The next time you see them, they're like, you're like you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? His posture changes. He's timid now, and he's, and he's, and he's just like, oh. You know, he feels, looks defeated. He looks defeated. He says, I've blown it, I've blown it, I've lost my call. I've lost my anointing. I've lost the call of God on my life. And I've seen it so many times in church where people actually do this. Where people are like this young man, where they great people in church, they were in the house of the father. They were once in the house of the father, but somewhere along the line, they made a mistake. They made a mistake. They did something wrong. They did a little thing, and they discounted themselves. They said, oh, my goodness, I've blown it. And they discounted themselves from the love of the Father. How many times have you seen that? Yeah, just me? They discounted themselves. And he, you know what beautiful thing? He, the funny thing he says, he says to his father, he says, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. And one of the saddest things I've seen in church is some great people who just make a mistake, and they no longer see themselves who they really are. They see themselves less than who they really are. Are you with me? And they walk around, never going to feel, never going to fulfill their full potential, because they have the scar on the inside of them. They have this, They carry the scar on the. Oh man, I'm, oh, I've done it. I've done this thing. They have the scar on the inside of them, and they never fulfill their full potential. And I believe it's one of the saddest things in the world to watch. Good people, great people. Disabled by their own guilt. Disabled by their own, you know, their own judgment. You know, God has forgiven them, but they haven't forgiven themselves. And I saw these people who, who they believe that their, their sin is bigger than God's love. And there's so many people in the church today, even, to the, even possibly in this room. In fact, I guarantee there's someone in this room right now who's riddled with guilt. Who's, oh, I'm not worthy. You've got a call of God on your life? It's been, you've got a call of God, and it's good, and it's great. And it hasn't gone. God hasn't changed his mind about it, but because something happened along the way, you've gone, ah, and you've discounted yourself from the race. Are you with me? So that's, that's one mindset that people have of this love, that my sin is bigger than God, the love of God. Okay? Now the second, that's of the youngest son. Now the second is the older son. Now the older son is a bit different. His viewpoint's just a wee bit different. He says this to his dad, and I've, Andrew might have heard me talk about this a few years back. He says to his dad, Father, he gets angry, he gets jealous that his father's blessing his son. He says, Dad, he says, why? Like, he gets angry. Why, is you, why, you, why did you kill the fatted calf for this bloke? Like, he's gone out and the prostitutes and do whatever. And he says this. He says, Lo, these many years I have been serving you I never transgressed your commandment at any time, yet you never gave me a young goat. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Never gave me a young guy. So what do you think? What he's, this young guy is suffering from a performance-based identity. He says, I've done all the right things. I've performed the way I should have, but I haven't received what I should have received. Are you with me? And a performance-based identity has a little equation with it. And what it says, it says this. Oh, oh, let me explain. The world actually, world actually teaches us to live this way. It has this little equation that says what you do determines your identity, which determines, how much, which determines how you gauge how much you're loved or accepted. Let me explain a little bit. The world says, we teach our young children this. We, says, we said, if you clean your room, if you do the right thing, then your identity is you're a good boy and mommy loves you. Okay? We do this. We do this without knowing. We do this. Or, if you do well at school, if you do well at school, then your identity or who you are, you, you might become a really good doctor or a lawyer and you'll be socially accepted. Are you with me? And I see a lot of young people going through this thing where they're going, well, they come to high school, they go and they're trying to find a place where they're accepted and they can't find a place where they're accepted. So what they do is they, they change something. They change the way they dress. They do something hoping to get acceptance. You with me? So I'm going to dress up in black clothes, put on white stuff and black eyeliner and this kind of stuff and I'm going to be called a goth because at least I know with them I'll be accepted. I know this is a bit of a hard thing to... It's all good. Basically, what he's saying is if you perform well, if you perform well, you'll earn acceptance. And this, this older brother, he has this mindset. He has this mindset. He says, Dad, I performed well. I performed well. How come you didn't give me the goat? I've done all the right things. Why didn't you give me the goat? You know, he does this kind of thing. And again, I've seen... I've, I'll, I'll start again. And again, I see this a lot. I see this whole performance thing a lot. I've, I've lived this performance thing myself, and I think I've spoken about it before, where people are trying to do things to earn the love, the acceptance of people, of family members, and of God. People are running around trying to do the right thing, trying to earn the acceptance or the love of God. And, and this is a very, very, very prevalent issue. Very prevalent issue. I often see people running around, they're doing, 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 they're doing trying to feel accepted. You with me? Yeah. I often see people running around there and they're acting and, and they'll, they'll, go and, they'll go and do things they don't even want to do, but if they do them, they'll know they'll get acceptance. Yeah. I see it all the time. I see it in church, like... I reckon over 50% of the church has either been through it or going through that right now, which is a big call. But the beautiful thing is this, is that God says, no, 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 that's not, way, that's not the way the kingdom works. He says, instead of, instead of doing something that forms your identity and therefore you gauge whether you're accepted or loved, God says, we've got to switch that up the wrong way. The wrong way. He says, I want you to start here is you've got to start from knowing that you're loved. And from there, you get your identity, right? From there, you get your identity, and from there, whatever you do is just whatever you do. There's no pressure. And it's a beautiful thing, because you're, no you're no longer looking or, or, or trying to get love. You're working from love. Are you with me? No longer trying to earn acceptance. You're working from a place of acceptance. 
Yeah. And and I've seen this so so many times that people just try and they try and they try, and it's all good when they when they're performing well. But when they don't perform well, they feel like absolute. You know, all the words that you could think of. And they don't feel loved and accepted. And that's what the world tries to teach us. But the kingdom says, no, no, you've actually got to, it's the other way around. God says, no, no, it's the other way around. you actually got to move from, your platform that you start from is love. The platform that you start from is acceptance. And you've got to move from there. And I love what the father does. Because the father blows both of these young sons' concept of love out of the water. The father does an absolutely amazing thing. He comes to this, father, this young guy who says, oh, yeah, no, I did all this, I did, I did this, but you didn't give it to me. And he, and he basically says what I've just said. He says, son, I've been with you always, and all that I have is already yours. Why are you trying to earn which is already yours? Why are you trying to get, earn, which is already free for you? And a lot of people try to earn their salvation, but it's free. And the father, he says, what are you doing that for, son? He says, forget about it. You don't need to earn your love. He says, your love is already there. He says, you don't need to earn acceptance. He says, acceptance has always been there for you, son. He, does, he blows the son's mind out of the water about what love is all about. He thinks, I've got to perform for it. He says, no, nah, it's already there, mate. What are you doing? He says, if you want a fatted calf, take a fatted calf. You know what I mean? He's like, it's all yours. And then he goes to his younger son, who's, oh, I'm unworthy. Oh, I'm blowing it. Oh, and he runs toward him with compassion, the Bible says. As he's coming back, he runs toward him with compassion and kisses him. And he covers his filthiness with a coat. And he gives him a ring. And he reestablishes him as the son of the house. He reestablishes him as the son of the house. He says, you know, you're a son again. You need to come back, come back. And he reinstates him. And I think that's the most beautiful thing where we've got this thing in the world. I think we've got, it's, it's, so, it's so out there. We've got this thing in the world where people feel that they're unworthy or people feel they've got to work or earn for the love of God. Yeah? And God wants to blow that out of the water. God really wants to blow that out of the water. I remember when I, remember when I was in Auckland. Uh, one day I was, I was heavily involved in ministry, and, and I was a bit burned out, and I was a bit tired, and I was a bit lonely, and all these kinds of things. And I was in Auckland, and I was driving down the road, and I had no friends at that time. You know, Johnny, no friends, what do you call it? Whatever. Um, who? Nigel, sorry. Nigel, no friends. I was Nigel, no friends. Only because people were either really young or heaps older than me, so I didn't really have anyone in my age group. And, um, and I remember feeling extremely lonely. I went back to New Zealand for a... Uh, went back to New Zealand for a holiday or for a wedding or something, and I, and I saw my old mates again. Now, my old mates aren't safe, but they're really good people. They are great people. They're just, you know, they're polite. They're, you know, conscientious about other people. They're just really great people. And I hung out with them. And man, I had the best of times. I had the best of times. And I was thinking, and you know, I, was, I got really happy and I was driving down the road and I, thought, and I said to God, and I was heavily involved in ministry, I said, God, I said, can I move home? Can I move home? Because I, I, I need this. I need friendship. I need these things that I haven't had for the last eight years or whatever. Can I move home? And I was expecting God to say, no, well, don't, don't you know about all those things you've got to do? And God says, of course you can. Move on. I said, but what about the youth ministry and what about you know the, the pastoral stuff and what about all those things I've got going on in schools and what about and he says, here's the thing, he says, I don't care about it. He says, I care more for your happiness 
than I do about anything that you can do for me. Blew me out of the water. Because I had this performance thing where I had to do these things for God. He said, you don't need to do anything for me. He said, I love you. And, And let me just qualify this. I'm not saying we don't do anything. I'm not saying you don't do anything. I don't don't need to do anything because God loves me. It just means when you do things, your motivation isn't to get love. You do them because of love. Are you with me? So it's not about stopping doing everything. No, you do things, but your motivation for doing them is not to get recognition or love. Your motivation is from love. I do this because I love God and he loves me. I just need to qualify that before everyone pulls out of church. I'm not thinking <laughs> Meeting with Pastor Phil and Julia. <laughs> and I love that, that God, just, you know, this father, he comes along and says, my love's unconditional. It's not about anything that you've done. It's not about how bad you were. My love is so big that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done, my love is bigger than that. It doesn't matter what you've been through, doesn't matter what you've taken, done, all that kind of stuff. He says, my love is bigger than that. And I loved it. And I loved it. And this, this story really spoke to me. And, um, and you know what? The love, love is unconditional. And, it is, and, and, and the question isn't, well, I won't go there yet. I'm skipping a line. I'm skipping a line. The spirit of the world says this. The spirit of the world says this. God's love is perfect, okay? And the spirit of the world says, I have... Let me explain. Spirit of the world says, I have things, you should take them, and they will give you life. That's what the spirit of this age and this generation, I have all these things, you should, you should go and do these things, you're going to do these things, you should, you know, you'll enjoy yourself, you'll have life. And the world offers through advertising a way that we should live and dress or not dress or, you know, whatever you want to, you know, the world actually has this way that it speaks to us. You should be like this and you should be like that and you should act like this and you should be fake like that and you should, you know, paint it on that and do all this kind of stuff like that. And, and it's also trendy in this world to go out and go on your search for truth. Let's go to India. Where's my brother? Let's go to India and I'm going to go on my, you know, my search for truth. Find your own truth. I love the world says, I have. The world says, spirit of the world says, I have. But who knows that we serve the, the great I am. And God doesn't say, I have. He says, I am. God says, I am the way. He says, I am the truth. And he says, I am the life. Are you with me? He's the great I am. The world says, I have. God says, I am. And the beautiful thing is this. Is you should not be going out there looking for your healer. Or looking for your healing. You should be looking for your healer. The healer. Are you with me? You don't need to go out there looking for love. You need to find he who is love. Are you with me? So the question isn't what is perfect love. The question is who is perfect love. And if perfect love casts out all fear, we're talking about Jesus. And when you're fearful, and I love what Pastor Phil was talking about, just with, you know, talking about fear and giving. He says when you're fearful and you're feeling abandoned, God comes along, perfect love, and he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Are you with me? Perfect love, which is Jesus, when he comes along and you're feeling like everything is hopeless and you're feeling like I can't do anything, I'm at a dead end, I can't go, and he says, I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you think or imagine. Perfect love casts out all fear. Are you with me, church? Everyone's looking at me. And the deal is this. My message tonight is this one point, is that there are people in this room 
who have been operating in a love or operating out of a mindset of a love that's not quite right. And as I was praying of what to do tonight, Jesus says, I want you to tell them about my love. I want you to tell them that they no longer have to earn, they no longer have to perform. I want you to tell them that they're good enough. I want you to tell them, Ra, that the game's still on. Your calling's still on. Your calling's still on. And I believe there's some people in this room who may have not... What time are you? Please go. She's good. You know... I've done all that. Cool. And it seemed like a very simple message when when God asked me to preach it. It really did. I said, God, come on, that's that's, that's kind of, give me something heavy. Give me something like, give me something that's going to, you know, freak people out or whatever. And he says, no, he says, says, we've really got to get this thing right. We've really got to get this one thing right. Because if you're living out of an imperfect love, you're filled with fear. And fear stops you from going forward. Fear and faith are like oil and water. They don't mix. Are you with me? And God wants us to be a people of faith. God wants His church to grow. God wants His church to double, triple, whatever your... God is able to do exceedingly above all you can think or imagine. Your God's too small. Whatever, whatever size God is in your head, He's too small. You get what I'm saying with that? He says, you've got to get this, we've got to get this thing right, right? I just want to get this, I want people to know that the perfect love casts out all fear. And I believe if the church just got this one thing, that they are loved, despite all that other stuff, that their calling is alive and it's well, and that they should go. They should go. What are you waiting for? What's stopping you, Fear. Well, we've got an issue here. We've got something that needs to be corrected. Are you with me? Mate, we are the champions of this world. We are the answer to a broken world, the church. But we can't stay caged in fear. We can't stay caged in our own... <laughs> We're ineffective that way. And sometimes it's the simple things in life that set you off on the greatest journey you'll ever actually be on. And I'll talk about that later. But for now, can I just have everyone to close your eyes, please? Now, I want to ask this question. There's a few visitors, and I don't know you, and I don't know where you're at. But maybe you've never heard that God's love is unconditional. Maybe you've never heard that you don't have to earn acceptance from God or from people in general. Maybe you've been on a journey that's taken you afar. Maybe you've had this massive distance. God, no way. He's like, I've got to be perfect. I've got to be this. I've got to be that. Maybe you've never heard the good news, which is God loves you. God adores you. For God is love. He cannot help it. Maybe no one's told you that 
the things in your life don't matter to God. Maybe no one told you that he's running towards you right now, arms wide open, saying, just, just say, just, just accept me into your world. Maybe no one's explained that to you. Maybe the Hollywood has portrayed Jesus incorrectly. And you know, I want to offer an opportunity. An opportunity. I want to ask that if you've never received Jesus, if you never asked Jesus, this perfect love to come into your life, I want to ask that you, you signal to me that you want to do that. If you've never heard or you've never had the opportunity to embrace this, this man who is perfect love, then I want, to, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. We'll just say a little prayer and I have the privilege to introduce you to Jesus. Because he's here. And like I said, he's got his arms wide open. He's saying, my son, my daughter, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. Put away the guilt. I want to take away your shame. I want to take away your embarrassment. And I'll tell you who you really are. You are my son. You are my daughter. And I want to clothe you. I want to put a ring on your finger. I want to put sandals on your feet and welcome you back into my house. I welcome you into my house. Well, secondly, if you've once been a child of the house and you've gone away and you've done things that you shouldn't have done and you've got caught up with hanging with, you've attached yourself to the wrong people. And I want you to be honest here. I really do. You've attached yourself to the wrong people and you've gained an appetite. You've developed an appetite for things that you shouldn't be eating, things that you shouldn't be drinking, things that you shouldn't be watching. And you need to come back. I also want you to signal when I give you the opportunity. If you're an unsaved Christian, if you're a, a, a Christian that's just gone off the beaten track for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. Isn't it time you returned? Isn't it time you returned to your father's house? We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.